0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning. Brent Costello here with you this morning, and I look to my left, and I can't see Tim Payne, but I can see Hamish Spence. Uh, Hammer, welcome to the show. Well, I, don't, I shouldn't say welcome to the show. You are a big part of the show, but why on earth are you sitting in that? Oh, there's the Hammer sound effect, too. Why are you in that seat this morning? Where is he?
1: I actually can't tell you, which I'm sure people are probably thinking we're putting on a knack, but we actually don't definitively know where he is this morning. <laughs> we know he's out in the six, which is why he couldn't take an OB kit like he has when he's been in Queensland or Adelaide. So... Uh, We are actually looking around. You're obviously the best news break in the state, but we haven't been able to track it down. But Tassie's such a tight-knit community. Surely somebody knows what he's doing today.
0: You'd think so, and that's why we'd love to hear from you this morning on the Harcourt's open line. If you've got any theories about where Tim could be or what he is doing, let us know. Call us 1300 42 1533 or text us 0437 552 535. Harcourt's more than just real estate professionals, but... As far as we know, and until I get it clarified otherwise, Hammer, I'm just saying he's at a wellness, restre- a wellness retreat in the, the wilderness somewhere without any phone reception. So we will aim to track him down later in the show for a chat if we can, but I'm not holding my breath. He would have forgotten. or And, you know, I'm flying out today to the US for two weeks. I thought that's really it was a surprise birthday present for me. And I thought, I've got to do the show still. We've just had six weeks off. It would be terrible to let the team down to come back for three shows and miss two. So you and I have worked hard behind the scenes to get this little kit working that I'll take with me so I can do the show. And old mate rolls in on Friday and just says, boys, I'm out Monday. Uh,
1: exactly, and leaving us with very little notice. That's why we're running solid. When did he
0: officially, like he was He was up and down all weekend, wasn't he? Oh, I might be able to do it, might be able to. When did you actually get official notification? Was it yesterday, late? That he would actually was out officially?
1: I don't think he gave us an official confirmation. He's just so wishy-washy <laughs> at some <laughs> stage of thought we'd better start planning without yes. him. And He has said he will call in late in the show, so uh, interested to get his thoughts and he better call him because if he doesn't, I think he'll get a fair serving because we understood when he had COVID last year,
0: but this, it's a... a it's a cashy. Yeah, cash it's some out. sort of cash yeah. payment involved, whatever he's doing. Anyway, there it is. As I said, get it, let us know on the Harcourt's open line this morning, 0437 is how you can text or call us, 1300 1533. We'd love to talk to you on the phone and just let us know what you think Tim might be up to. Uh, we've got a big show ahead this morning, Hammer Time. I know you're going to slide out after the preamble, but we've got some big-name guests coming up. David O'Byrne, very quiet, 24 hours for OB. I don't think he's been in the news much at all, has he? That's no. huge.
1: I uh, don't think so. I think he, like we actually scheduled him to appear before the news broke yesterday. So I reckon he thought of oh, appearing on the number one breakfast show in Tassie, I might as well just roll it out and give SEN Tassie breakfast my first interview. But a lot of good stuff as well. We're talking to Michael Randall, of course, uh, News Corp basketball journalist. So all over the Jackies, but also importantly, the under-20s uh, National Basketball Championships where the Tassie boys did very well over there. So interested in talking to him about some of the bright stars we have coming through the ranks here.
0: Absolutely. Snapper Reed will be in too from Taz Racing. Big weekend of racing and big night tonight with the Dogs as well. So looking forward to getting Snapper's take on that. Uh, Warnie Child, Adam Warnie Child will join us from AFL Fantasy. That's just ramping up nicely at the moment. My drafts are being organised left, right and centre. I'm in about four different comps. So looking forward to getting Warnie's take on all that as well. So huge show coming up. Looking forward to it. How was your weekend? Oh, no, it's very good,
1: thank you. Uh, uh, obviously at the Jackies yesterday, working the game. A uh, lot of fun professionally, but also personally as a Jackies fan, I can't think of a better game they've at least played at home this season than that, just firing on all cylinders. And uh, night before, got hang out with a mate from you Melbourne, did. which I think you took great join. in I th- one of the photos. I they think
0: we on. should upload that. You'd be comfortable uploading that to the SEN Twitter account? just so people can see what you're up to on Saturday night because that amused me when I saw the photo roll through. It it might be a bit too
1: me, 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 I think (laughs) if I put it on. But I'll tell you what, we of course have our SEN uh, Tassie Tipsters text line coming in, so not only do we want to know where Tim is, but we're running it again where if you text in who should be a guest tips on the show this year, we're going to give you two marquee tickets to the Hobart Cup. And because I'm all about engagement, if we get... 10 people to text in I'd be happy for you to upload that on your Twitter account I'd have really? red face but I, you mate I'm driven by numbers so <laughs> if we can get some metrics okay. some text coming through All right. we had a lot of really great suggestions last week and they still all count but if you just have a new idea or you haven't entered yet please text us in because yeah. it's a great prize
0: let us know yeah a couple of tickets to the marquee at Hobart Cup day so that's a it's a ripping prize really and you probably want to put a name to a face after all this time if you haven't seen Hamish Spence this is your chance to get a good look at him so if we what would you say ten, yep. 10 suggestions you'll put that photo up on our SEN Tassie Twitter account
1: uh, you uploaded on yours cuz I, oh, okay. I I couldn't live it down I don't know how to <laughs> explain it to Jules or Hutchie. like why yeah, is that picture you <laughs> on a Saturday night on the Tassie that's yes. true.
0: That's true. Now, you mentioned the Jack Jumpers yesterday. We had Anthony Drimmick on the show last Monday, and I've been calling him the doctor all season. And people say, why do you call him the doctor? Well, it's pretty simple. DR, first, uh, first two letters of his surname. So that's how, how the doctor came about. And, he, and his, uh, his brother Frank was called the doctor, we found out. But he said, I like to be called the Drim Reaper. And so I grabbed it with both hands in my roller's court announcer yesterday, and you've cut up the audio. Let's have a listen to how it went. Put the doctor, the America, destiny, there it is. That's terrible audio, Hammer. He could have actually put a microphone on the court or something. Do you want to, you want to roll that again for us, Link? Put the doctor, the America, destiny, yeah, it's got to stick, I think. It got some good feedback, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think Chief among
1: them and uh, Jenna Dreamy Connect. She was very. <laughs> ex- I reckon she was just happy because, to be fair, uh, Anthony, when he was on the show on Monday, said he didn't mind a nickname, but I f- he threw it out there himself. So I reckon he was thinking, I've built up this persona, and all of a sudden <laughs> it's disappeared in Tassie. So, and he had a good game yesterday. So I reckon he was motivated by the fact he heard the Dream Reaper going against his former side. So just gave him that extra edge. He's been good all season, to be fair, but I reckon that just gave him an extra lift yesterday.
0: We well, Were at the Jack Jumpers yesterday? What did you think of their performance? Let us know on the Harcourts open line at 1342 1533 or Texas and let us know too 0437 552 We'll break it all down in the next segment. We're sitting pretty nicely after we've got two games to go. One against Southeast Melbourne in Melbourne this weekend, then back here for the big teal game against Perth in a couple of weeks. So everything looking pretty nice for the Jack Jumpers. I tell you what's not looking nice, Hammer, and that's my NBL super coach team, which I've completely forgotten about. I know you keep chucking the scores in here each week, boasting that you're going pretty well. 823 overall. That's not too bad. Tim and I have just gone to absolute no good at all. Um, You put a lot of work into this though, don't you?
1: Yeah, well, I remember at the start of the year, like, I'm not gloating over you, but more Tim, because he was saying I'm gonna smash you guys, and I'll come on the show. And then when all of a sudden he's doing badly, he's like, "Oh, you put in too much time for it. Who cares about it?" But yeah, it's one of the reasons I'm glad Warnie's coming on the show because this is my kind of first foray into fantasy sports. I you haven't
0: like, you haven't done AFL fantasy yet?
1: No, so that I, is
0: extraordinary. How have you not? Have you got around that for so long?
1: Well, well, uh, it was Oof. only the. Well, I just needed the right avenue to get in there and obviously wanted to promote our fantasy league and taken it to like a duck to water, so... Interested to get some tips from Orny so there is another competition that I can just dominate at SEN Tassie.
0: Okay. Well, I might have to sneak into my league then. Now I know that because so I know how dedicated you are to it. That's the type of players we want in my uh, competition, that I am the, uh, what do you call it? The, not an administrator. Um, there is a word for it. Something like yeah, that anyway. Yeah. Uh, a couple of texts are rolling in here on, on the Harcourts open line. No hair product, no shower, no shampoo, Honestly, reception. Can we check in on the man I'm worried? That's from JB. Thanks for your text. We're going to try and do that later in the show, JB. Uh, Another text in here from an unknown number. I near spat my willies out when you went for it straight away, Breno. That must have been about the... the uh, Dream Reaper call so because thanks we for we did text. have
1: a text last week he said surely not Brent I reckon that must be the same person but yeah. it got a good reaction really good crowd was happy I know the Jack Jumpers were happy as well no did they, they tweeted it yep. on
0: one of their posts about Anthony Dreaming so no I got a lot of uh, good feedback so we'll definitely stick with it Hey, big show ahead, Hammer. I know you're going to slide back over to your desk in a minute, but we've got lots to talk about. The Jack Jumpers' big win will be right after this, and we'll also play a couple of interviews. I've got after the game, too, on court with Will Magney and Jacob Richards. David O'Byrne will be in to talk the latest in politics, and isn't there some stuff going on in Tasmanian politics right now? He also has just uh, got a new agreement to be SFL president, yeah. and Hobart Footy Club back in the competition, too, which is good to see. Adam Morning Child, as we said, to give us an update on AFL Fantasy for season 2024. And News Corp basketball writer Michael Randall will talk jack jumpers and Tassie at the under-20 nationals. That's all ahead for you here on SEN Tazzy Breakfast this morning. Get us on the Harcourt's open line, 1342-1533. Texas as well, 0437-552-535. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Back to talk Jackies next. be a chance to win two marquee tickets to the Hobart Cup. All right, we are off now to news, sport and weather. Coming back next with Snapper Reed from Taz Racing. Now,
2: oh, what, a what a pass, pass from Lee! Finds the cutting Doyle, who finishes off the glass again. Here's Doyle. Gives it the corner, Steindl.
3: Big high three and they need to go to Tasmania. That's speak for the Jack Great
4: penetration,
5: Milton Doyle.
3: And with Mcdonald, Mcdonald gets one off the window,
5: oh, what a shot! Now Steindl from the
2: top, oh, he nails a bomb! That'll kill you if you're a 36ers fan. Still oh, from the turnover, Crawford upstairs, finishes off the glass, timeout stopped off
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the voice of the great David Flash Lithgow and Chris Simons on our SEN Jack Jumpers coverage yesterday. Great job, as always, by the lads, and a great job by the Jack Jumpers as well. Two in a row, an emphatic 23 point win over the 36 as we smacked them earlier in the year. And of course, that was the game just before CJ Bruton got sacked, and we've managed to do it again as well. And plenty of individual highlights throughout the game but I caught up with two of the superstars after it. One played his first NBL game in the local boy, Jacob Richards, and also Will Magne, who had a horrid week up in Cairns. He got uh, uh, absolutely poleaxed by, of course, Tajir McCall in that game. Some thought he may not get up for yesterday's game, but he ended up being one of the best on the court. Here's my interviews with Jacob Richards and Will Magne. Jacob Richards, you've just made your NBL debut. Is your head spinning right now? Nah, definitely I'm definitely overheated now, very flustered, but it was awesome. When did you find out you'd be suiting up, first of all? Because that's big in itself, just being able to suit up and join the boys out on the court. Yeah, about a week ago I was still injured. I said, this is your chance to suit up if you can get healthy. And yesterday I got the old good. Yeah, tell us about the inju- injury, because it sidelined you for a little while. What was it and how bad was it? Yeah, I completely tore my uh, ligament in my ankle, so it put me up for six weeks or so. And to be back and doing this then, it's pretty remarkable. No, it was great. Thanks to the high-performance team, we put in a lot of work to get me back here and to get me into this game. Did you ever in your wildest dreams that you'd be in this position, obviously signing that uh, DP spot at the start of the season, and now you're an NBL player? Uh, No, I definitely didn't expect it. Uh, Especially when I did the injury, I thought I was done for the season. I'm just grateful to be here. What's next, mate? Does your head sort of go in different areas now? Wondering what you, where you might end up for the rest of the season? Uh, no, just continue doing this. I've loved it here. It's been the best six months of my life, and I hope I can do it again. What was a lot like coming out into the court just then? You know, like the crowd here, get right around. You don't know, being a Tasmanian as well, particularly. No, it was amazing. My heart was pumping, and I really enjoyed it. Jacob Richards, congratulations. NBL debut here in a big win as well. Well done, mate. Thank you. Well, Magnate. How are you feeling after that, mate? We are all worried about you on Thursday night, but you have got out here today and you've uh, proved your fitness, which must have been a real relief for you personally.
6: Yeah, uh, a bit tender. A few painkillers and a bit of heat and whatever and kind of loosened me up a bit, but adrenaline gets you through most things and the crowd was awesome tonight and just kind of helped me get through the line. Did you fear the
0: worst the other night when you went down? Was it it a worry for you?
6: Yeah, the first thing was I was panicking because I couldn't breathe and I think that kind of sent me overboard and then the pain and whatever and you know uh, settled down after a while and I, I could kind of feel nothing was broken but it's still quite tender and whatnot so just had scans and everything to clear it and you know hopefully just sort of wear down after a
0: while but i'm sure they'll be sore for a week or two pretty amazing win today mate adelaide have been on a roll obviously since they've changed coaches so to be able to get the w and escape and really cement that third spot's a real relief as well
6: Ready. yeah i mean we're sort of at that point of the season where if we start worrying about what everyone else is doing Will struggle. So I think we had a great focus tonight on what we had to execute. And, um, you know, I think we did a pretty good job on Humphreys and um, and Kel, you know, got of got away from us in the second there. And, you know, but uh, for the most part, I think we were just solid overall.
0: And just your own form, personally, you must be wrapped with how you're going this season.
6: Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, grateful to be on the court to start with. And, you know, everyone gives me so much confidence to go out there and play my game. And, um, you know, just, yeah, I'm just happy to be out running around. Like, there's, there's nothing and sitting on the sideline wishing
0: you could help. So I'm just grateful to be running around. Lovely moment after the game. You went flying into the crowd there at one stage and, and you've given the little girl your, your jersey. That's really special, mate.
6: Yeah, I, uh, I tried to stop and slipped on the little um, signage thing and kind of had to keep going. And, um, you know, she took the took hit like a champ and... Um, you know, it's a small gesture from me, you know, I've got plenty of those at home, so
0: I'm hope, you know, she appreciates it, enjoys it and you know, I hope she's alright. Doesn't get any easier off to South East Melbourne this weekend against a tricky opponent than back here for the till game against the Wildcats. So big end of the season coming up.
6: Yeah, and like I said, it, it's just us. We've got to focus on what we're doing, you know, like not worry about the ladder and it's chaos and it's, it's interesting and fun for fans to worry about, but we can't get caught up in it and we just gotta focus on uh, you know whatever day we come into practice
0: and try and have a good day and build from there. Well done, mate. You're playing so well. We love watching you out there and all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate it. The great man, Will Magne. What a game he played yesterday as well, particularly off the back of that nasty injury on Thursday night, as we said. And your heart goes in your mouth every time you see poor old Mags go to the ground, including flying into the crowd yesterday. If you haven't seen that, it's all over social media, so check it out sometime today. Please report Little Girl is OK. They posted a photo of her with a Guernsey last night, which was a really nice moment. Were you at the game yesterday? Let us know on the Harcourts Open Line what you thought of the Jack Jumpers performance against Adelaide 1342 42 1533. Love to talk to you on the phone this morning with no Tim here and Texas as well. 0437-552535. The Harcourts Open Line, of course. Harcourts results for you. Um, now this was a really nice moment. I went to the press conference post game yesterday. And Scott Ninnis, the coach of the Adelaide 36ers, had some lovely things to say about the Jack Jumpers and Scott Roth. Here it is now for you. When I got back into coaching about three years ago, I, I tried to patent a lot of what what I did on what Scott Roth does with the Jack Jumpers. Um, I think you know at both ends of the court, and uh, yeah, they're so disciplined. Um, they play so well together. It's, uh, it's it's a credit to him and and this organisation.
2: First of all. Um, Kudos to those guys over there. You know, uh, Scott Ninnis deserves this job, and if he wants it, he should get it uh, at the end of the day.
0: Scott Ninnis has said that he's trying to build the 36ers like you have here and has done a lot, tried to do a lot of what you've done here in Tasmania. What does that mean to you?
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a strong statement. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we've done here. For other uh, teams to emulate anything that we're doing here is a a credit to our players, our staff. Um, um, Yeah, I can't thank them enough for that comment.
0: There you go. Some mutual respect from both parties there. They really do think a lot of each other. It was uh, a great moment out of last night's press conference. I'll tell you what else was great, and that was Scott Roth talking up Jack Jack McVeigh, and rightly so. Another massive game for the smiling assassin. 26 points, eight rebounds, an assist, a block as well. He had an absolute day out, Jack McVay. And this is what Scott Roth had to say about him after the match.
2: He's a leader of this team. And to me, he's you know, um, a lifelong jack jumper as long as I'm going to be here. And um, he's been fantastic from day one uh, and who he is as a person and how he carries himself around the community and what he means to this state. Um, he's always been on point in those areas and his game continues to grow and uh, he shows up and at some point or another he will be the captain of the jack jumpers um, and um, yeah, I don't want to pump his tires too yeah, much. Yeah, it's but crazy. This is the yeah. nicest stuff we've ever said. Thanks. Yeah, we got to get away from it but <laughs> we'll move on.
0: He's a star, Jack McVeigh. His name's even been mentioned in Boomer's calculations lately along with Will Magne and actually spoke about that with the coach and Jack too in the press conference. We might hold that and get Tim's opinion on Friday because they both had some interesting things to say about that as well. So we're in third spot on the ladder with two games to go, the Jack Jumpers. They've got South East Melbourne on Saturday night over at John Kane Arena. And of course we had that heartbreaking loss there earlier in the season in the corresponding game. Then of course Southeast Melbourne took care of us on Christmas Day here. So big game there on the bottom of the ladder but still a very dangerous team. We know that. And then of course back here on the seventeenth for the big teal game for the She Foundation against the Perth Wildcats. So massive run home coming up for the Jack Jumpers. That third spot looking very, very nice. So and just a reminder, if we do finish there, we get the home final three versus four. Five versus six are also in the planes The winner of that game plays the loser of three versus four and the winner of three versus four straight through to a semi-final. So massive month ahead. We've got the FIBA window too before that. So it's a bit of a break between the last game and the first final, but Jack Jumper's sitting very, very nicely indeed. David of Launceston's Texas in on the Harcourt's open line this morning. Thanks for your text, David. His sporting highlight of the weekend was the Tasmanian Tigers qualifying for their third straight WNCL final. It is a mighty effort. They had a big win against Western Australia on Saturday, of course, and I think one more win will get us... A third consecutive home final as well. So the girls looking very, very nice indeed. We love your text as well on our Harcourt's text line this morning 0437 552 535. Or give us a call 1300 42 1533. We'd also like to know what you think Tim Payne could be up to this morning. All we know is he's in the wilderness somewhere. And that's about all we know really. Cash would be involved. We know that as well, being Tim. But. Uh, We'd love to know what you think he's up to this morning. Also, tell us who you think our expert tipsters should be on the show this year for your chance to win two marquee tickets to the Hobart Cup. All right, we are off now to news, sport and weather. Coming back next with Snapper Reed from Taz Racing. Essie and Tazzy breakfast for a Monday morning. Loving the tunes as we roll in and out of the breaks. And I'll tell you what, I love this bloke too. He is from Taz Racing. His name is Matthew Reed. Good morning, Snap. Welcome to the show, my friend.
5: Morning, Breno.
0: How are you? I am good. You're here, of course, for Taz Racing. Big races in fantastic places down in Tasmania. Magic Millions Day in Launceston yesterday. Snap, Miss Tasmania got the job done to much fanfare, of course. And AJ's partner, Andrew Jenkins, your CEO, has a share in her
5: yeah well his partner karen does uh karen's one of if you look at the photos from yesterday about uh, 20 females from all parts of not just racing but uh across the state yeah miss tasmania i've spoken to her a few times on this show and, and for good reason the story's great um huge bunch of owners as i touched on but she's a horse with a stack of ability and got the job done in the magic millions two-year-old yesterday a, a salute from Siggy car she crossed the line and if you get the opportunity to jump on the Taz racing socials or the magic million socials to see some of the photos from yesterday it's, it's really what's racing's all about um so huge bunch huge of owners you know, enjoying the day, day and and, and racing you know, a nice horse you know, um the so other magic that's millions that's race cards are in graveyard the four-year-old uh he just got the better of doro star in the run to the line who went around at a really short price favourite. and again a, a good story there big bunch of owners and a, and a nice payday so it was a really good day up there in, in Launceston yesterday, probably after the week we've had. It was good to turn the attention back to racing and, and some good stories. And a big shout-out to Davey Perez, who rode four of the nine winners there yesterday, including the last three races of the day.
0: Uh, very nice. Now, we, Tim and I like to think we know enough about racing to get by in this segment, but you like to send through a few dot points that you'd like to talk about. And one here says, Snapper had two out of three winning tips. You're trying to pump yourself up here, great man?
5: No, it's, that, that's not my goal. And I love how you said uh, that Tim and I know enough to get by. Well, you certainly do, Breno. I love seeing in with you there. Um, yeah, look, I'm not too much to cry about. Miss Tasmania in the end paid twenty. I gave you a conundrum. It was backed into about a dollar eighty and got beaten. G. D. word was pretty heavily supported and uh, it won as well. So I just got to give the, the listeners a, just the occasional reminder that I've got a winner in there somewhere. And what do they say about a broken clock being right twice a day? Probably. <applies> there.
0: <laughs> I've heard that one before. That's not too bad. Hey, our Hobart Cup giveaway. We're looking for our tipster, of course, for the show this year. And Andrew Downey is our first winner. He won Friday's tickets. He suggested the great man Anthony Stewart to come on and do some tips. So nice suggestion from Andrew and enjoy the Hobart Cup. And as I said, if you'd like to let us know who you think our guest tips should be this year, 0437 is how you can text us and let us know who you think it should be. Now, Harness Racing Snap, the show went on, of course, with uh, Ben Yole's runners scratched across the weekend, though. Yeah, well, when I was
5: on, on Friday morning, Breno, we kind of alluded to probably a bit more to unfold in regards to that and and essentially what happened is that Ben Yole was uh, banned from TAS Racing Venues and what happened then in the end was that his runners were scratched from both Launceston on Friday and and Hobart on Sunday which decimated the fields and the fields were put out um, before everything kind of came to light with the Murray He Report so there were even three races where only one horse went around sort of Steve Bradbury style they managed to get the chocolates there but I guess it does go to show the, the resiliency of the industry. It was a far from ideal circumstance. And, and I guess a bit will unfold there as the week progresses in terms of um, Ben's runners and his right to appeal. And it's a little bit of watch this space, but uh, I thought it worth mentioning that we still uh, ran the meetings on uh, in Launceston and Hobart on Friday and Sunday.
0: And tonight, uh, a good program of greyhounds with heats of the rising stars.
5: Yeah, we sort of roll on with it with the summer festival, and, and while thoroughbred with the Hobart Cup this week and Long Cup not far away, probably rightfully uh, draw most of the attention. There's still plenty happening in the other codes, particularly the, the greyhounds. Yeah, two really good heats of the rising stars in in Launceston tonight. Um, Dealer won the Maiden Thousand recently. It's going round. You Roy, Roy uh, placed in the Hobart Thousand, uh, a Group One level. It's going round tonight, and the Launceston Cup winner. Fast Minardi's in tomorrow at Launceston as well. So uh, the good dogs and the good races are still trucking along in, in greyhounds too. So, yeah, plenty happening for everyone.
0: And cricket update, how'd you go?
5: Uh, played a, a terrible shot, Breno. Got out for 20-odd, but uh, we, got, we got, the got the win. The double, double chance secured. So, so team, team success over so individual, individual success. success. We'll take that. take
0: that. Very nice. Well, it's cut time in Tassie. Head south for the big races during the Ladbroke Summer Racing Festival and, of course, chances are you're about to lose. For free confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And please text us and tell us who you think should be our expert tipster on the show this year for your chance to win two marquee tickets to the Hobart Cup, of course. And you can get us on 0437 552 535. Nice to talk to you, Snap. We'll talk to you on Friday again. Thanks, Bruno. I know
5: you've got a big week ahead. Look forward to hearing about it when you get back.
0: You're on here, you, Snapper. Maddie Reed joining us from Taz Racing here on the show this morning. It's a big one this morning. We've got lots of guests to join us uh, still to come. Adam Morning Child to talk AFL fantasy. Michael Randall as well, talking all things basketball. But right after this, live in the studio, new independent David O'Byrne to talk all things politics and footy with us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast on a Monday morning. We are here on SEN Tassie Breakfast for a Monday morning, and a man that's just had a really low profile the last couple of days, uh, <laughs> not busy at all, is David O'Byrne, formerly of the Labor Party, now independent. G'day, Obi. Uh, g'day, Breno. How are you, mate? I'm well. How are you? More to the point, you've had a busy couple of days.
7: Yeah, it's been it's been a big uh, it's been a big 24 hours, I suppose, in terms of the, the public conversation. I was, This is something that that I've been sort of considering once. um, I found out that the party weren't going to pre-select me in December of last year. Everyone said, well, what are you going to do? And my view was you never make life-changing decisions in December. You're tired at the end of the year, have a break over Christmas, talk to family, friends, you know, and being a politician, you talk to people in your community. Uh, And over that period, I've worked through that process and um, I've come to the point that if I want to continue to make a difference and continue to work hard and do the job that I'm really passionate about, the only option for me was to go independent, and uh, and I made that call, and we announced it yesterday. How do you feel sitting here? Then you're, you, you know, as long as I've known you, you're Labour through and through. Yep. You're not anymore. How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm Labour, mate. I that's my values. Uh, the reason why, I mean, the Labour Party doesn't act in isolation of the motivations of people who are members of it. Um, people join parties, they join politics because they want to make a difference because their values and their vocation or their passion is trying to make a difference. My life, it's always been about the Labor movement, and that's my, for want of a better way to describe it, theory of change. You work with other people, you build, you know, you build coalitions, you build change, you build momentum, and in a party sense, you can, you can form government and make, um, make big change. Um, Rebecca and the party have made the decision that they don't want me a part of, of, of their state team. I've respected that, I accept it, um, but that doesn't change my values. I still have labour values. I still feel passionately about what I do. As as I've said um, time and time again on your show and others, good governments deliver good services, health, education, housing, a public transport system that gets people around uh, Hobart, for example, but also delivers on big economic opportunities like, obviously, our footy team and the facilities that that football team requires and what that facility, well, one facility in particular, the stadium, will do for the economy of Tasmania. So... Those things haven't changed. That's traditional Labor values as far as I'm concerned.
0: We'll get to that in a minute, the stadium and the high-performance centre, etc. But you said that the Labor team made that decision. Your sister's part of that team, Michelle, of course. And just on Rebecca what how is your relationship with her now, your professional relationship, given
7: everything that's going on? Oh, well, I, I, I don't hold any ill will. Politics is politics. She's made the, the call. She's the leader. Um, of the Labor Party, she's made that decision, uh, and uh, uh, she has to accept the consequences of that decision. Uh, I, the Labor, the, I don't wish anyone ill. Um, life's too short to, to to feel that way. I'm disappointed in the decision, but I've accepted it. So I'm sad about what could have been, and for the loss of what could have been, in my view. But I'm very excited about what I can do as an independent. I've shown already in the last uh, 18 months, two years, that as someone sitting on the crossbench, that I can affect change. I'm the only independent member in the lower house in the last, I think, 40 years, that's got a bill of par- bill through both houses of parliament unanimously on, on a public housing issue. So I think I've demonstrated I can make change. I think I've got the capacity to be an honest broker, uh, and, uh, I, but also I'm not gonna assume that I'm going to get elected. Being an independent in a hair clerk voting system is very difficult. Uh, and uh, it, it rarely happens, so I don't underestimate the job in front of me. Um, I'm going to work hard, and if I'm elected, if I'm lucky enough to get elected, I'll be, I think, a bit of a mature, steady hand uh, in the parliament. Do you think there will be
0: ramifications for Labor, given they've made this decision? You are a very popular uh, politician. Um, do you expect there to be...? <laughs> uh, are, is any pol- well, politician popular? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With some people, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's right.
7: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's... it's um, it, Every party makes a decision. Um, every individual in pol- political life, either on policy or whatever, makes a decision, and then there are consequences, good and bad. And so ultimately, I can't predict what, what that means for Labor. It's a matter for them. All I can control is what I can control. I feel passionate about the people I work with in the community. The Neighbourhood House Network around the City of Franklin is made up of wonderful, beautiful people that need support and help, and I'm, and I'm there for them. Uh, and there's a whole lot of issues that need to be resolved, and they need someone to take that fight up to the government. And I'm pretty keen to do that. How soon will we go to an election in your mind? Well, obviously it's not due till next year, but given the events of the last sort of a week or so with the letter from the premier to the two former liberals, um, it's ramped up a bit. And, and I think to be honest, he's right to, to say, look, I need some certainty. I think uh, when you're elected by a party and then you accept the votes, you get elected and then you walk away from the party. I, I think it's, a bit rich to, to say that you are a genuine independent when arguably you're there. Obviously, there's a reason why they've left, and that's a matter for the Liberal Party, and that's a matter for their organisation about how they manage people. Uh, but I think uh, the Premier has every right to say, well, look, we want to provide a stable parliament environment. These are the conditions under which I think we need to work forward. It's up to you whether you say yes or no. I if the I, I don't I'm not privy to their relationship and how they've been meeting and, and discussions i don't have any insight into that but if they're not willing if they're willing to go out every week and ramp up and have a crack and say well if you don't do this we're going to do this well that's not stable for tasmania that's not stable for anyone and i don't think that's a mature way to deal with what are very serious matters that we're dealing with in parliament so i would say if they're not able to to come to a resolution we'll be in an election very soon Don't
0: is it reasonable what they did, John Tucker and Lara Alexander, they were voted in as Liberal people and you're allowed to just become independents halfway through a term. Is that, is that a reasonable thing to do in your mind?
7: Well, ultimately, I don't know the full reasons why uh, they left the Liberal Party. So I should have said, is it should you be able to do that
0: if you voted in as a Liberal person?
7: Well, I think at the end of the day, um, uh, the democracy is first. People vote for people um, and uh, they represent themselves as a member of the party and it's up to the people to judge whether at the end of their term because people individuals are elected and essentially democracy came first and parties came second so uh, whether it's reasonable or not the people will judge that at the next election and so if Lara and John run and I think they will run at the next election the people will make a judgment about whether they've done the right or wrong thing that's how democracy works and they need to accept the, the result of that uh, it's not an, It's not an often, it doesn't happen often, obviously, people walking away from parties. That's why I think, what, like in the last two years, being on the crossbench, I've not voted against the Labor Party once. I've abstained on a couple of votes because I didn't agree with their position. But people would have voted for me in 2021, assuming I would be a part of the Labor PLP caucus. And so I didn't want to um, disrespect that vote and then all of a sudden pretend I was, an, I was voted on independent um, numbers because I wasn't. So we are where we are now. Um, I'm not a part of the, the Labor team anymore, um, but I am a local member of Parliament. I feel passionately about the future of Tasmania, and I'm going to put myself forward. and Hopefully, if I get elected, I'll be elected as an independent, not as a as a Labor independent, as an independent, and I'll respect that vote.
0: David O'Burns, our guest here on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. If you are Labor, and we know you're not anymore, um, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Just independent, mate. That's you're independent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how do you tackle the stadium? I mean, they're going to have to have some form of decision on which way they're going to go with this. They've sort of formally, uh, informally backed it, I suppose, through the project to say significance. But when it comes to election time,
7: what is their messaging going to be? Uh, well, that's a matter for them. I, I can't tell them how to how to um, explain their position because uh, I think they're confused on it. I don't think I think they're trying to play both sides of the street, which is. I just think really unfortunate for such a good opportunity for Tasmania. I think um, uh, they haven't supported it. I mean, they've been very clear they haven't supported the stadium. They've supported a process to assess it. They're two very different things. Uh, I think if the election is called within, within a week or two and we're heading to March uh, for a March election, people need to know very clearly if we vote for you or if we vote for your party, uh, are you for it or against it? Uh, and it doesn't mean that you're for... Um, at the government's plan or position in terms of the design for MAC1, it's actually are you for a facility in that area that will deliver an AFL club that we can be proud of and sets it up for success, but also a facility that can bring significant dollars to Tasmania, not only in terms of construction, but for conferences and events and and all the shows that, that we know that we have to get on a plane to go and watch, we can bring them down here. But also the conference market will be ma- massive. You look at the Adelaide Oval, plenty of conferences there, bringing lots of money into the Adelaide Oval. I had a mate um, in who lived in Adelaide, a big fan of footy park out in the suburbs, was angry about the money on uh, Adelaide Oval. Uh, now he's arguing that they didn't spend enough money <laughs> on the bridge from the, river, uh, from the city across the river. Oh, it needs to be more money. So hang on, you know. Yeah. So once people will see what it delivers the noise of, of where we are now will, will, will slowly wash away. Just a quick text here on the Harcourt's
0: open line. Congrats on becoming an independent, David. It's incredibly frustrating. The Labor Party want to play politics with the stadium. They just don't do themselves any favours at all. It's too important an opportunity for us Tasmanians to let slip. Good luck moving forward. That's from Flash in La Trobe. Thanks for your text this morning, Flash. Hey, yeah, we better talk some footy really quickly because we've got to do another break. But uh, congratulations on your appointment as SFL president. Two more years? Yep, two more years yeah. at least. At le- well,
7: <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I love it. It's been brilliant. I mean, we've got a great executive team. Um, the the old fox himself, Russell Young, still still um, <laughs> banging around, and he uh, uh, and he and I and, and the executive team are very passionate. We've got a great. Uh, a bunch of uh, presidents uh, who are working really hard in their clubs to put the best product on the field uh, week in, week out, but also be good um, hearts of their community. I mean, you look at our clubs uh, in, in virtually every situation that I've seen and I've, and I've visited all the clubs, they really are the heart and soul of their community and they bring people together, they support people in the community. So I'm very proud of our, of our clubs. And obviously with Hobart being able to get over the hurdle, Um, of of fielding two teams has been, you know, that's been a real shot in the arm for the league. Uh, You know, look, we're not without our challenges. There's a whole lot of competitive um, time constraints on people these days, whether they can play and volunteer. But I'm really confident that we're going to have a cracking year and it's going to be a massive year leading into... Uh, the new revamped uh, football in 2025.
0: We'll have to get you back in and have a real good go at yeah, footy absolutely. because obviously politics is the uh, the main talking point today. It's your fault you came out yesterday and did the interview. Yeah, so I apologise. should for that. Should have got the timing right, mate.
7: Sorry. <laughs> but now
0: we'll get you back in properly talk because I love to talk about Hobart Footy Club and, yep. and Brighton, of course, coming into the the big league next year as well. So a lot to talk about, but thanks for your time this morning and good luck with everything moving forward. Yep, thanks, mate. All the best. David O'Byrne joining us. Independent Member of Parliament now here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. We're off to our final break of the hour, coming back to wrap it up next here on SEN Tassie. Yes, indeed. We are powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Plenty of texts coming in on the Harcourts open line. Harcourts results for you. 0437 535 is how you can get to us on the text line or call us. 1300 42 Just like this person has unknown name on this one. Brent, I've seen Tim hanging around Parliament House a lot recently. It's the most I've seen him in Salamanca since Syrup's glory days with a state election could have moved into politics beyond the cards. Well, goodness me. That's not the first person, Hamish, that has told me that Tim's been seen walking out of Parliament House. So, goodness me, wouldn't that be something if our man ran in the state election? Another one here. Hi, Brent. How does David see things playing out if the Libs need independent support, such as his, to form government at the next election? That'll be fascinating too, to keep an eye on. Uh, congr- uh, we've read that one from Flash in La Trobe. Uh, that was a nice one to read to David. Surely this there is only one choice for expert tipper. The great Robbie Devine is your man. What a character. Could tell us a few war stories from his playing days as well. Benny Mac sent that one in from Claremont. Thanks for your text this morning, Benny Mac. And another one here. Morning, Brent. Match figures so far of 10 for 71 off 27 overs worth a mention for Gabe Bell. Wouldn't find a nicer guy and just keeps getting it done in four-day cricket for Tassie. That is an unbelievably good shout. And the Tigers sitting nicely. At the Gabba to start day three later on today. We'll talk a bit more cricket later in the show. But there's no doubt in the world that Gabe Bell is having a sensational season. 437 552 Love to hear from you this morning. Do you watch the Jack Jumpers yesterday? Have you kept an eye on the Sheffield Shield? Where's Tim? We want to know that. We want your guest tips as too for a chance to win a couple of tickets to the Hobart Cup. It is is SEN Tassie Breakfast powered by a Kubota. We're off to New Sport and Weather. And coming back with Warney from AFL Fantasy after that. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. Brent Costello flying solo this morning. Now. Yeah. Test, uh, former Australian test captain is somewhere and we're hoping to track him down in the next segment actually to see exactly what he's up to if he has reception because we believe he's at a wellness retreat somewhere in the wilderness so hopefully we can track him down hey you might have a question for our next guest because AFL Fantasy is ramping up text it in and ask Warnie 0437 because Adam Warnie Child joins us on SEN Tassie Breakfast to talk all things AFL Fantasy good morning Warnie G'day Brent, how are you mate? I am going well actually, uh, without Tim here, i actually quite enjoying it, so <laughs> might go Jared Waitley style in future and just go a one man operation I think, but more importantly mate, AFL Fantasy, it's really ramping up, I've got about four d- different draft dates I'm trying to manage at the moment, trying to get my keepers done, but not everyone knows what AFL Fantasy is, so first question for you is just explain that for us, what is AFL Fantasy for those that don't know?
8: Uh, I guess it's a, a couple of different versions of it, but the in the simple thing is that you can have your own team of AFL players and you can watch them over a weekend and they rack up points for you based on what they're doing on, on the ground. So um, you can follow your own team and they can be from different clubs and, yeah, you you can have your side that you can take on your mates and there also is a big overall competition. But there's the two versions. Classic is the, a salary cap game where you're given the, the $15.8 million to... To pick a side, so your squad of 30, so it's the same salary cap as what the clubs get. And, um, you know, you've got your top-priced players. Last year's highest averaging player was uh, Tim English, and so he's the most expensive player, and you're paying over a million dollars for him. Or you get right down to those uh, those rookie-listed players that are about $200,000. So that's sort of how that works. So you've got to manage your budget to, to try to fit them in. And in the draft, and that's something that you love, Breno. I know that <laughs> Abby's uh, your wheelhouse, but that's where you're in a league with your mates and pretty much it works like a real draft where once a player's been taken, no one else can have them. So I mentioned there um, Tim English, he might be the first one off the board this year because he was so good last year. Um, Once someone's got him, no one else can have him.
0: Well, where do you sit on all that? Because you started all your your fantasy stuff with the classic version. Do you still favour that overdraft or where does your loyalty lie these days?
8: uh it's split between both, but I think the way that we play our leagues now is all about draft um we've sort of taken that to the next level with our mates we We have a weekend away, and now that we're old men we um we use this as a bit of an excuse to um to catch <laughs> up so we book an airbnb for a weekend and for our you know hour long draft we need a whole weekend away for that, and there's uh, plenty of amber liquid. Uh, drunken <laughs> over that time and a couple of rounds of golf and that sort of stuff as well. But, yeah, it's, that's where it is. I think that's the the fun part of playing draft is that um, it is just your core group of um, people that you want in that league. And, and it's, yeah, the group chats fire up over the weekend and all that sort of stuff as well.
0: Now, you mentioned some of the uh, uh, lower-priced players, I guess, and a couple of those are our star Tasmanians, Colby McKercher and Riley Sanders. A lot of hop about those two in particular. More so, well, both formats really, draft because they're going to be uh, future keeper players, but they're relatively cheap compared to your megastars that you'd normally buy, but they're going to be big scorers potentially throughout the season, aren't they? Yeah,
8: something classic, you sort of want these cash cows are the players that are at the bottom end of the price and hopefully they score really well to get themselves up and make some dollars. But yeah, Colby, he was an absolute star. Well, both of them, actually. We'll talk about Riley as well. But Colby to start with, in the under-18 championships, he averaged um, 117 points, which is pretty huge. <sighs> but that's also off the back of being um, one of the top guys in the coach league at 112 points. And I think that everything that's pointing in the right direction for him, we've seen some... Some great players sort of make their debut. We had Harry Sheeval last year, and he dominated in a half-back row And Nick Dacos, of course, as well, has been great. And see, I thought Colby going to be doing the same. So our hopes are pretty high for our Lonnie boy there in Cole.
0: Absolutely. No, I think I'll miss him in draft. I think my pick's a little bit too late to grab him, I reckon, which I'm pretty devastated about. Now, what about some of your favourite value picks uh, for Classic in each position? Have you got a few tips for our listeners out there?
8: Yeah, I guess there's there's a lot of value this year. It's going to be quite an interesting season because we do have the opening round, which means that we've got some buys early on in the season. So that might change some of the ways. But in defence, I know that Brisbane have got the buy in the second week, but Kadeem Coleman's one that I'm really keeping an eye on there because of what he, well, actually what he did in the grand final. I think he had 100 fantasy points at half time. So he was uh, someone that I was a big fan of. And, well, I'm going to have to say in the midfield, Riley Sanders is probably going to be the one there. There's, he's got an opportunity opportunity there at $285,000 at the Bulldogs, and I think that he is going to be one of the, the best cash cows going on. Uh, in the ruck, we've got a bit of value, and I think Brodie Grundy, now that he's gone to the Swans and he's by himself after having having a year with Max Gawn, he is super value because he's been a 120-plus averaging player and basically only averaged 75 last year, and players are priced essentially on what their output was from the previous season. So there's a bit of upside with him. And in the forward line, I think we're going to have to be finding a fair bit of value. And and if we do talk about the rookies now, you're a West Coast man, Harley Reid. Mm. We've got to believe mm. the hype there, don't we? And I think we all have to start with him.
0: Absolutely. It'll be a lock for my team. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And what about the keeper situation? If you are starting a draft league from scratch. Is Tim English your man at number one? Is it Nick Dacos? Or where would you go with your number one pick, do you think?
8: Yeah, see, I think I'd go with Nick Dacos. He's just an absolute jet. Um, I do like the idea of Tim English. I think they're probably one and two, essentially, is who you'd pick if you were starting a keeper league this year. Because they're, um, well, a Ruckman can be a, a very valuable asset for your team. But I guess as well with Tim English, that's, He's only 26, which probably um, you've probably got a good half a dozen years left in him. But I don't know. There's a few up there. Dacos a go number one. I wouldn't mind a bit of Errol Goulden action either because he was Oof. a superstar last season. And even sometimes in fantasy, we don't like the wingers who might get stuck out there, but he just finds the ball at will. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, in my main league that I focus on the most, I've got Nick Dacos, Errol Goulden, Will Ashcroft and Harry Sheasel. So I mightn't win it this year, but I'll tell you what, I'm set up for the future. I think I'm pretty happy with that.
8: Jeez, they could all be scoring very well this year anyway, but I think you've, uh, you've got yourself a nice little base there, Bruno, with that. I think that you could also have a little bit of trade bait if you're, you're lacking in any, any other position. All of those guys have a lot of, uh, a lot of capital there, I reckon, that you could um, get some offers for.
0: Absolutely. Now, we, uh, of course, here at SEN, produce the AFL record season, guy, which you're a big part of as well. I've seen the uh, the picture of you guys dressed up this year. What is going on there, please? Uh, I tell you
8: what, well, this is um, something that we'll pretty much, we say, yeah, we'll do anything, but I think we went a little bit too far we to the team this year. and. Got all the, uh, yeah, the nice colours and I oh, haven't got a bit of hair, which was not a bad thing for me to <laughs> Brad, But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We went over to AFL House for our, our shoot there. And so, yeah, the fantasy fever is the theme, which is what goes through the, um, the magazine. We've dressed up as superheroes before and... Um yeah, in our tuxes last year, which was uh, which was good fun. But, yeah, take it to another level this year. We'll see what they might have for us next time. But, yeah, you've got your nice little centrefold if you want some uh, pretty middle-aged blokes dressed up in their 70s outfit and some um, not-too-flattering, um, you know, silver pants and stuff. Like
0: that. <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. So where can you pick that up? Is it out yet or is it out this week? It's pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's on already?
8: this week. So, coming out on Thursday, so the 8th of February, so you'll be able to pick that up at all the news agents and uh, everywhere, I think, in supermarkets as well, so you'll be able to see that. It's um, Yeah, cracking read, there's lots of great content in there, especially there's a nice feature on um, Tasmanian football as well, which is great for us here in TAVI to, to be checking out and probably a nice little keepsake there for that as well as all the excitement builds for us getting our team in the competition.
0: A very exciting time indeed. Uh, Well done on doing all that, mate. I know you guys put a mountain of work into the AFL record season guide each year, so I can't wait to get a hold of it. Thanks so much for joining us too here on SEN Tassie Breakfast, and good luck for the fantasy season ahead.
8: No worries, Brenton. Good luck to you, mate. I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, your leagues and uh, you shooting me those messages about whether (laughs) I should be uh, picking up this guy or, or, or taking that one on.
0: I was about to say keep an eye on your DMs because no doubt I'll slide in over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for your time, morning Adam morning child, joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast, big part of the AFL fantasy community, of course. It is is SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. The techs are coming in on the Harcourt's open line, 0437 552 535. Bit of Robbie Williams to take us to the break and talk about entertaining people. Tim Payne, we're gonna try and track him down next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Good morning. Well, listeners, we've had some very, very big guests on our little show since it started, but no one will top our next one. We've managed to track him down from his mysterious location. Tim Payne, good morning to you, my friend. Morning, Brent. How are you, mate? Well, I'll tell you what, we are flying here without you, just quietly. It has been a very, very good show so far. I'm not
3: surprised. How did uh, our man Hammer go in uh, in the preamble?
0: Well, as you like to say, he used his big boy voice, and I think you'd be pretty happy with his output. You have to have a listen. There's the Hammerson oh, effect.
3: I woke up this morning and I thought, I reckon I've been nailed here. I just have this feeling. <laughs> Hamish yeah. would have been doing his homework all week. That's all right. What goes around comes around. So on with the show.
0: He was very comfortable in your chair, there's no doubt about it. Where on earth are you, please? And until you tell us the truth, you are at a wellness retreat in the middle of nowhere. We're just going to run with that uh, until I'm not, you own well, I am in,
3: um I'm in the beautiful Brooding Island, actually. I've had to get in the car and drive up to... Where am I? I think I'm sort of sitting in a polo bay where I can get some decent reception. I don't know how I'm coming through on the line, but um, this was the best place I could find, and it's beautiful view, Brent, and I've got my coffee in hand, and um, I'll be heading back up to Hobart uh, later this afternoon.
0: What are you doing, though? You've missed a show this morning, Tim. It must be something important. Can you actually tell us what you're doing now that you're there? Well,
3: no, I've just got some, uh, some things on, Brent. I've told you this before. Um, I had a prior engagement that I had to fulfil. and uh, What is it, Tim? This morning. It doesn't matter what it is, and I'll be back up later today.
0: Well, we had a text in earlier saying you were seen coming out of Parliament House at some point recently. Is there any <laughs> truth that you are not on Bruny Island and you are about to run in the state election? That's what we're hearing Jordan. from the listeners. <laughs> well, there you
3: go. I've been out for... A, who, 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 who will I be running with? Do you
0: know? Oh, I think you'd be uh, an independent, wouldn't you? You're your own man. You wouldn't want to be in a party, wouldn't have thought. No. I think,
3: well, I think one of our guests this morning is an independent now, isn't
0: he? He is. He was very good too. Yeah. Spoke very well indeed. Oh, I he's think he's a great operator. <laughs>
3: my vote at some stage,
0: Brent. Righto. Let's uh, straighten no, up we here. We have
3: been in Parliament House, mate, and it's a bit like the uh, waxing story. This is... Stuff that you were just making up to try
0: and <laughs> we wouldn't make things up, Tim. Sort of story. We wouldn't make things up. Now, Hammers found a clip from the weekend, uh, from Saturday's in Tassie. This is what Jeezy had to say on your take on Jake Weatherald from Friday. Let's have a listen to it.
3: Jake Weatherald's going to join us. Uh, who else have we got? Well, you want him in the. Team too, the Shield team. I heard Tim Payne wants him in that team as well. Well, I'm not sure. You know, An 80 and a 60 in a T20 game gets in the Shield team, Timbo. But uh, he's on fire, that's for sure. So is there a role for him in the in the one-day team uh, coming up after Christmas?
0: Thoughts, Tim? You, you were pretty uh, big um, on Jake Weatherall well, joining the team.
3: Yeah, I am. But I also explained it, didn't I? I, I also said that his numbers probably didn't stack up. And, but that's not the job of a selector because if I was picking up the paper and reading the teams out, then we might as well get Sally Payne, my mother, to pick the team. <laughs> that's not what it's about, Brent. What I said I'm seeing is a talent that we don't see a lot of in this country and we need to put him in the team while he's running hot. And he certainly is running hot. He was one of the form batters of the Big Bash. Post-Big Bash, though, if you do want to put some numbers up, he did get 227 not out in his last second eleven with the Tasmania. So... Um, Look, I understand he hasn't banged the door down. Uh, he hasn't been in the greatest of form up until that time. But like I said, mate, there's a bit more to picking teams than just scoring. I think when you see talent like, like what we've seen um, Weatherald has, like when we've seen Jake Fraser McGurk, I wouldn't say he's banged the door down at the moment. Uh, and there's a number of cricketers if you go through the history of Australian cricket. Shane Warne didn't bang the, the door down. Steve Smith didn't bang the door down. David Warner played two games for New South Wales, one-day cricket, before he played for uh, Australia in a T20. Uh, Pat Cummins played about two Shield games, including a final at Belle Reeve. The, the list goes on and on and on. When you find really high-end talent, I think we've got to try and find spots for it in our first-class cricket team. And I think he's one that should be playing. That's just my opinion.
0: And a good one too. Uh, what about your opinion on Xavier Bartlett's impressive ODI debut the other day? That was extraordinary from Xavier.
3: Yeah, he's a high, another high-end um, talent. He's been injured for the last 12 months, I think, with a bit of stress fracture. He started in play a lot last year, but um, I saw his first wicket against the West Indies, and I can tell you, Brent, he's bowled that exact ball with me about three times, and every one of them had the same result with my off stump being knocked back. So <laughs> um, Look, he's, he's taller than you think when you see him in person. He's a bit quicker than you think. And he's got—he's one of those guys that can, regardless of the conditions, in the first five or six overs of a game, whether it's flat and hot and no one else can move the ball, Xavier Bart will, will get some some movement. And as I said, he's a little bit quicker than you think, and he can—you um, know—he goes all day as well. So he's a great talent for Australia and for Queensland.
0: And what about Matty Short? You spent a lot of time with him over the BBL break, obviously, yep. and he's at number six and not opening. What's your thoughts on that?
3: Oh, I'm disappointed, and I told George this. Uh, during the week but Bales tells me there's not a spot for him at the moment at the top of the order but you know I look at that team and think in white ball cricket at full strength at the moment who's opening the batting Travis Head's obviously one Um, and then who I I think Matt Short is that man he should be opening the batting with Travis Head I think they'd be a great combination left and right hand one's tall one's quite short Uh, obviously Travis is short not Matt Um, you know they score in completely different zones I think they'd complement each other brilliantly, and I think they'd be an awesome opening combination for Australia. Uh, Josh Inglis looks like he's, he's got the, the nod at the moment. He's another one who I think, you know, he, he'll smack the West Indies. We could pick eight batters that could smack the West Indies around at the moment, but I think Josh Inglis's best work will be done in the middle order because he can hit 360 and he's a great player of spin. Um, I mean, if they stick with him at the top of the order, he will have success because he's a gun himself, but I just think Matthew Short deserves that spot, and they look like a better team with Short, Head, and then English coming in at four
0: or five. Uh, Arguably our biggest guest ever to join us on the show, Tim Payne, is on the line this morning. Uh, What about Tassie's start to the Sheffield Shield game against Queensland? Payne, you've been banging on about Gabe Bell for a long, long time, Mm. and he's done it again. What a a star performance.
3: Yeah, most underrated bowler in the country, I'd suggest, uh, Gabe (laughs) Bell. I think his average of 25 puts him at... Um, you know, in the top sort of 15, I reckon, of all-time shield Shibis. bowling averages. And that was before he took his, his ten for uh, yesterday. So, yeah, he's been an extraordinary performer for Tassie. Hasn't got the games he probably deserves even down here at times because of the excellence of sort of Jackson Bird and then Peter Siddle and um, a few other guys that have... Uh, Riley Meredith that have always got the knot ahead of him. But every time Gabe Bell gets a chance to play for Tasmania, he takes wickets. Um, Yeah, and he stood up again during the week. I haven't seen a lot of the the track, Brent, but it would be interesting. I think we're 170 behind and still needing a couple of wickets. So looking at the scores in the game, it looks like it'll be a tricky little trace, but um, I haven't had great um, 4G connection down here, Brent, so I haven't been able to load up any videos. um, Well, I was about to say,
0: you've got enough connection to talk to us on the phone. Why couldn't you have taken a kit down and done the whole show?
3: I've got 3G where I am now, mate. I'm parked in a car at Apollo Bay. So okay. I've driven off-site. Um, the things
0: he goes to, the hey? The the what fit, a, what a
3: man. A exactly, yeah. um, <laughs> to fit me answer, really. in your morning. Exactly, yeah. To fit me in your morning. Luckily, I've got the uh, four-wheel-drive Amarok from Jackson's Volkswagen. Otherwise, I'm not sure I'll be getting <laughs> out of where I am at the moment.
0: Oh, goodness. Goodness me. Well, I backed in. Uh, Hammer said, we need to have something fill in here because Payne's not going to answer the phone. I said, our man will not let us down, Hammer. Do Never. not panic. And you've come through, which I knew you would. And uh, right. Hamish, and just I, relax. Right.
3: I'll let you down. I'll let you down. <laughs> um, not being there this morning was a bit of a letdown. That was a bit of a put bad planning thing for me. You know, when you just have those moments, I was in on holidays with the strikers and I had a phone call, committed to something because I was in that holiday mode. And then last week it
0: came around. I was like, oh, shit. I've got to work money. Oh, got the dump button there. You can't, you can't <laughs> say that word on air, Tim. Goodness I think me. I think hey, before air, you too. go, we've got a text here on the Harcourt's open line. Can't believe no one has mentioned Pony's good mate, Grant Tassie Brown, for expert tipster. Everyone else will be playing checkers while he's playing chess when it comes to tipping. Thanks for your text he's this quiet. morning. It's from Batchy in Dodgers Ferry. So I might um, have to
3: get GTB. I don't think he's been on the show GTB. No, to just to reminisce on some old club surreal stories, maybe with you,
0: Brent. He has reached out because he's got the big tournament coming up next month at City Hall, so that there might be the perfect opportunity. We'll see how we go. Uh, enjoy your day, Tim. I'll uh, I'll talk to you from I think Los Angeles on Friday, so you'll That's be here like I off? am. I'm off uh, in about three hours, Tim. So. Oh, Yes,
3: you uh, have a good flight, won't you, and settle in over there for a few days. And if you feel like having the morning off, then I'm sure Hamish will be able to slot into the to the co-host role.
0: I would not let the team down, Tim, particularly after just having six weeks off. I would not do that.
3: Can you just so um, you know, <laughs> when you're over there, can you just buy every um, venue that you go to for basketball <laughs> or any sporting? Can you buy <laughs> Hamish a piece of team apparel? Because we know he likes to sort of. Get around 25 teams a year. He does. While you're over there, that
0: would be awesome. I'll see what I can do. Tim Payne, thanks for your time on the Brent Costello show this morning, and we'll see you on Friday. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy Payne, all the way from apparently, and I say that apparently, uh, Bruni Island might be code for the massage, uh, the um, waxing parlor. We'll see. We see, Johnny, a we see. There it is. There it is. Hey, we're off to New sport and weather, and we're coming back to read out some of your texts next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Oh, a bit of scar tissue. Don't mind it. Hot tunes rolling out all morning here on SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land Pride attachments. Lots of texts coming in this morning. A lot of people wondering where Tim is. We've got one here from John, actually. Warnie's pants look tighter than Warwick Capper's. That's, of course, uh, Warnie in the AFL record talking all things fantasy. Get a copy of that this week. Can you please ask Warnie if he has settled his differences with the corn yet? Not sure what that means, but there you go. Maybe Warnie could answer that in a private DM or something on uh, social media. Hey, boys, can't go past the great Blair Brownless for an expert tip. Thanks for your text this morning, Blair. That's lovely. Um, and I think that's about uh, all we have on the text at the moment but we've got some social media comments because we're after your suggestions who should be our guest racing tipster this year uh, one person here, Tim Smith, has said Cole McNiff I think that's a, a tremendous idea I actually spoke to Cole about this but unfortunately he's contracted to a rival station so he can't get the great man on because he would be an ideal person to have on our very little show here uh, Rick Bennett suggested Andrew Moore twice should have been contacted by now. Can pick a winner at any time. Giddy up or well, more. You might have to come to him and see what he's got for us. Uh, Riley Oakley said Harrison Joyce, former TRC ambassador, lives at Flemington slash Elwick. Tipped four out of five last Hobart Cup winners. So there you go. Simon Hartgrove said Nicole Harris. And Fintress on X said this is disrespectful to Snapper Reid. Well, Snapper's going to be part of the show still. That's the thing. This is a little add-on on top, a little cherry on top for uh, our racing tips for 2024. All right, you're listening to SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. Let us know who you think should be our guest tipster, for 2024. call us 1342 1533 or texas 0437 do you believe tim's story is he really on Bruni island i'm not sure that's where he says he is but uh i do have my suspicions off to a break coming back to talk some basketball next with news corps michael randall here on SEN tassie breakfast for a monday morning Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. The Harcourt's open line, Harcourt's results for you. Call us 1300 42 1533 or text us 0437 552 535. You might have a question for our next guest this morning, who is Michael Randall. Obviously a very, very nice basketball writer for News Corp. Nice to have you on the show, Michael.
4: Yeah. Hey, Brent. How are you?
0: Going well, mate. Nice to talk to you. Um, plenty happening in the world of hoops, isn't there? And obviously we're very excited down here in Tassie with the Jackies going two from two this round. How do you think they're placed ahead of the final two games of the home and away season?
4: It's all um, coming together for the Jackies, isn't it, mate? They, um, you know, had a really inconsistent patch in mid-season and, uh, you know, even Scott Roth had lots of concerns about them, but they seem to have pulled Together, figured a few things out, and they're going to sort of, you know, fly into
5: the playoffs.
0: what did you make of the game yesterday? They didn't do too much wrong against the 36s It was a bit of a danger game the way Adelaide had been playing, but uh, they they didn't put a foot wrong.
4: Yeah, I, I found it really interesting. The you know, Tassie were kind of, I guess, ended the the coaching reign of CJ Bruton way back, and it it was sort of, I you know, I. I kind of had memories of that as they just ploughed through Adelaide when Adelaide were in such good form and you know, I think, you know, Jordan Crawford got going, Milton Doyle you know, has a double-double, kind of breaks out and yeah, I don't think Adelaide had any answers for him apart from you know, Trey Cal kind of playing a lone hand
0: yeah, absolutely. Scott Nunez basically said that. That was completely outplayed in the in the press conference after the game. What do you made of the Jack Jumpers' change of identity this season? A more offensive team, I guess, than we've seen in the past, and that was on full display yesterday, really, wasn't it?
4: Yeah, for sure, mate. And, and look, you know, that was my concern at the start of the season with them. Um, you know, it, it, it was, you know, Sam McDaniel goes to Brisbane, Matt Kenyon goes to um, South East Melbourne, and I just I thought, you know, they lost a bit of defensive identity. You know, love Jordan Crawford, but, you know, he's five six. How's he going to go guarding, you know, some of those gun um, guards in other teams? But, you know, they've found a way to figure it out. You know, Will is a fantastic gatekeeper for him. And then, of course, Marcus Lee as well. So, he's just a smart recruiter and a smart coach, Scott Roth, isn't he?
0: Yeah, no doubt about that at all. What did you make of Will Magne's game yesterday, particularly after that hit on Thursday night with McCall? It was uh, pretty impressive for him to get up, first of all, and play the way he did.
4: Yeah, it looked nasty, didn't it? Like, um, I sort of sat there and watched it and I was like, geez, that, that, the way that he came off and the way that it looked like he was struggling to breathe, it was like, is this something serious like a broken rib or punctured lung or something like that? But, you yeah, know, he's a, he's a tough cookie and he's been through a lot of injuries, um, you know, over the journey. So I guess, you know, he probably knows his body and um, knows what he's capable of.
0: No doubt about it. Now, Michael Randall from News Corp, of course, basketball rod. He can catch his work in all the papers across the country. Debates heating up, mate, on who should make the all-NBL teams. Any jack-jumpers in the running, do you think?
4: Well, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? It's pretty subjective to me, but it's it's, jackies are so kind of spread, aren't they, and so even that you could, you could mount a case for Milton Doyle, You could mount a, ca- mount a case for Jordan Crawford. You could mount a case for Will the way that he's been playing. I mean, you know, mm. he and Isaac Humphreys are probably the two best Australian, you know, local centres in the league. So, yeah, look, <laughs> I mean, any one of those guys could sneak in. But, you know, it's it's tough. I don't envy the voters.
0: No, difficult, isn't it? It really is. Uh, now, you mentioned Will Magnet and Jack McVay. Their names have also been linked to the Boomers and potentially playing there. Do you think they're a sniff of making that team?
2: Oh,
4: definitely. I would think that they, you know, you'd hope that they play in these um, Asia Cup qualifiers, but obviously there's playoffs around the corner, so I reckon the Jackies might have a bit of a say in that. But, um, you know, will Magna see someone that, like a rim-protector athletic guy that they might sort of look at for Paris? I I'm, not, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'd... I'd love to be able to see him um, knock down the outside shot. If he was able to do that, I reckon he'd be, you know, he'd give himself a massive chance.
0: Absolutely. And what are your thoughts on the the upcoming FIBA window? Scott Roth was pretty strong on it in the post game press conference yesterday. That the timing isn't ideal. But what are your thoughts with the finals and oh, sorry, the playoffs looming so close for the NBL as well?
4: Yeah, he's not wrong, is he? It's definitely not ideal. And I remember, um, I think it was either last year or the year before when um, you know Dee. Dj Vaziljevic had sort of put his hand up and said he wanted to play, but you know the Kings were about to go deep and and win a title. And I guess when it got to when push came to shove, it was like well he we sort of chose the club. But um, yeah, it's going to be very hard. And I think that um, that you know Gorge and the selectors may have had some dramas. Actually, that's why we haven't seen a team yet because um, yeah, there's a lot of clubs going hey well we might have finals. So don't know if um, if you know we can make you available or not. So it'll be interesting to see what they actually roll out um, in, a, uh, in
0: a couple of weeks. Yeah, it will indeed. Uh, News Corp's Michael Randall's our guest on SEN Tassie breakfast this morning. Now switching gears mate to the under 20 championships. You've been leading News Corp's coverage of it. Uh, Tassie boys ended up coming third, which was, which is a good result after defeating South Australia yesterday. What did you make of their impressive campaign? Yeah,
4: mate, fantastic, isn't it? And, um the Nationals, I just really enjoy, you know, especially the 20s because, you know, you go down there and you're going to see, you know, young kids that obviously have been in the Australian system for a while that are, you know, ready to go off to college or could be next stars or could end up as on NBL rosters or they're already development players. Um, And then you also get a look at um, some of the kids that might be a little bit more unheralded, but, you know, have breakout tournaments and end up on people's radars. So... Yeah, the, the Tassie Trio—I call them the three-headed monster—and I reckon that was sort of the, that was the popular, you know, the the popular name for them down uh, in Ballarat last week. But um, yeah, I guess you know Kai Savage, um, Jacob Furphy, and um, Lockie Brewer, and geez, they're all special talents coming out of Tassie. It's a, a little bit of a—I mean—a bronze generation, I guess, because they have won a bronze medal. But um, yeah, three guys that um, Tasmanians can be really proud of
0: yeah three future jack jumpers hopefully all what about their ceiling any could push for the nba do you think in the future
4: oh look i mean first the the guy that sort of has those nba chops he's just got he's a versatile talent. he can do a little bit of everything and he did most of the playmaking for that team and he had a triple double in the um in that bronze medal game to help get him home over south australia and, and win the medal but um yeah, he's a, he's a special talent. He's um, at the
0: COE and, yeah, it's, a, it's sort of how far can he take it is up to him. What about trying to keep these guys in Tassie? We saw, obviously, uh, Taron Armstrong go to Cairns over the off season. Trey had the DP spot with the Jack Jumpers, but ended up going on some overseas holidays. Uh, Savage rejected the contract offer. Is there a, 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 something you need to do down here to keep them here, do you think? Or is it going to be hard resisting offers from elsewhere for these guys?
3: No,
4: i think um like um you know savage is a, is an interesting case i mean he you know had talks with the jackies about um being a development player and I, I think the discussions with the club were that you know i want to play basketball and i want to improve and as a dp obviously you sort of sit on the end of the bench and you do learn with pros but the the con to that is that you don't get to play games so I think him going to the C O E is is a is the right thing to do, and I would imagine that the Jackies will be in the box seat to sign him once he's he's finished there and ready to make his decision. Because, you know, I think he sort of he was a commit to CBU Blazers uh, last year, I think, but then kind of decided college wasn't for him. So, yeah, look, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. Um, you know, if if I think if Scott Roth really really wants a guy, he kind of gets him right. Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. Hey, uh, we've had the Jackies here for nearly three years now. How important is it having that professional team here? Do you think to to inspire those young Tasmanians that, that are coming through the system?
4: Massively, mate. I mean, it's it's um, it's just they're a sellout every single game. The the love for basketball and the love for the Jack Jumpers in Tasmania it's almost unrivalled anywhere. I mean, I know I speak to you know every other NBL. Guys from every other NBL team, and they all say that going down to Tasmania is one of their favorite trips because the stadium is just it's like a you know, it's like a cauldron and, and the noise, the nightclub, as Chase to Buford called it. I think, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that you know, that's that too. And it's it sort of, I guess, it depends. I, I think Chase actually liked the nightclubs, mate. So he might have enjoyed <laughs> <Yeah.
0: them. laughs> Hey, before we let you go, uh, you, we've been running our SCN Tassie Supercoach group all season. I know you're a big part of that as well. Who should our listeners be trading in for the final couple of rounds of the season, do you think?
4: Oh, well, I mean, you've got to sort of, you, you've got to target the um, Hawks and the Breakers because they've got sort of two doubles to end the season. Um, mm so, you know, I'm sure most of, most people that have um, been playing it, I guess, really interested in it have already got, a you know, Gary Clark or Sam Froling or, um, <coughs> you know, if you've got Anthony Lamb, you might have to trade him out because um, yes. he, unfortunately, had a pretty bad injury yesterday. So, yeah, maybe Parker Jackson Cartwright's uh, another guy that people should target. But, um, yeah, it's been sort of a fun year, I guess, of the first year of NBL Supercoach.
0: Absolutely. Well, Michael Randall, great to have you on the show, mate. No doubt we'll talk again soon, but really appreciate your insights here on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. Have a great day, mate.
3: you on your brand, new too, mate.
0: Michael Randall, star writer for News Corp, uh, all things basketball when the paper's right across the country. Great to have him on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. in here on the Harcourts Open line, the SVO SFC coach, St Virgil's Old Scholars Football Club coach, Sam Cootsy, loves giving out his Saturday mail. Get him on. Sam Cootsy, a lot of uh, votes coming in for Sam to be our guest tipster. How hey, you are locked on SEN Tassie Breakfast, powered by Kubota, take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land and pride attachments. I think Hamish Spence is going to wander back over and wrap up the show with me next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. It's been a good morning without pony. We might continue it in the future. Back with more next. We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Uh, thanks for your, all your input this morning on the Harcourt's open line. Harcourt's results for you. And to bookend the show nicely, Hamish Spence, the hammer, returns to the microphone. What do you think uh, for the Brent Costello variety two hours? Hammer, went all right?
1: Oh, f- <laughs> Just as the hammer goes in the background, but I think it's gone remarkably well. And we know that <laughs> remarkably Tim well. Tain isn't shaken by much like what did he say? I can think of fifteen venues more intimidating than Edge Beston. So he doesn't fear a lot, but I reckon just the chiver down the spines going (laughs) at the moment just like I think thankfully as well he's also said he's willing to split his pay packet between the teams so they will take care of my (laughs) there he is.
0: (laughs) He's always (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so Bruni on, I think. Well he thinks is where he is. Yep. I i still not settled on well, that, to be we, honest.
1: Well, we've called the police. We're getting the geo tracker to track <laughs> him down to see if we can verify that. But uh yes. it sounds like he's booked himself without thinking, which was probably the working theory behind the scenes that happened, <laughs> so not too surprising.
0: Oh dear. Uh don't forget to text us in who you think should be our expert tipster on the show this year for a chance to win two marquee tickets to the Hobart Cup. We've had plenty coming in this morning, Hammer, which has been very, very good to see. What's on for your week? Much going on in the Spence household? Uh, no, not too much.
1: Just keep it quiet. Uh be interesting putting the show together Friday with you being in State. so very envious of that, expecting some really good reports and <laughs> seeing some big games, so I'm expecting LeBron James... Uh, Recorded interviews, Nicola Ocic, uh Stephen Curry. Yeah, Jake no problem. Lewis Alexander, yeah, just roll court side. Well,
0: know the access is pretty good over there, so yeah. um, I'm sure you've organised some accreditation.
1: Well, I've just said <laughs> you can use MBL media yeah. occasionally, so it's on the voice of the jack jumpers. Yeah, true. Uh, let you
0: through. True, exactly. No, it should be good. Uh, I'm going to three big games, actually. Uh, starting yeah. off in OKC. Uh, sorry, not OKC. Going to see OKC v Utah in Salt Lake then off to LA to watch the Lakers and the Nugs and then going to San Fran to watch Golden State and Phoenix. So it should be a good lineup of games. I just hope all these big names are playing.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. It's always a worry. Well,
0: good work today, Hammer. I love your work on the show as always. If you're listening to us on SEN Tassie 16.29am, Waitley is coming up next. And on SEN Track 11 am you'll be listening to Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. This has been the Brent Costello and Hamish Spence Show. Uh, We think we've done, done okay. Will he come back Friday? Wait and see. Have a great week, whatever you're up to, and we'll catch you Friday morning.